Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there, welcome to Ida, where we address how you can ideate, decide, and act on the business topics we talk about in each episode and apply them to your own startup. My name is Varika Pinnam. And I'm Ganika Pinnam. We're the founders of Ida, Ideate, Decide, Act. At Ida, we connect female founders to investors, one-on-one mentoring, and resources to help grow their business. In today's episode, we're excited to have Leah Frazier, two-time Emmy Award-winning stylist and founder of Think3 Media as our guest, and talk about startup marketing and how you can best redirect your marketing efforts during this time. Hi, Leah. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Thank you so much for being here. So, Leah, you have quite the background and uh, a lot of experience in different things. So, we want to hear more about your story and what inspired you to start Think3 Media. Um, Yeah, well, I went to law school and I was a practicing attorney, um, actually totally unrelated to what I do today. So when I graduated, I went into uh, bankruptcy law and was representing banks um, in mortgage litigation. And so I did that. But my second year as a private practice attorney, um, I decided to start a personal shopping business just because it was, I loved fashion and everybody was always asking me where mm-hmm. I was getting my clothes. They were coming in my office, always uh, wanted me to talk about fashion. And so I decided to just start a hobby where I would clean people's closets, you know, organize stuff, take them shopping, spend someone else's money for some, you know, or a change instead of my own. And it actually ended up becoming something that kept me super busy and one client would tell the next and would tell the next. And so um, eventually it just spiraled. I mean, I can't even describe the opportunities that came from it. I mean, I went to New York Fashion Week. I was meeting some of the top designers in the world. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy how it all just kind of spiraled. And I decided to get into fashion blogging because, and I didn't do it because I wanted to put my face out there like that. Really, it was even before Instagram <laughs> started. So that tells, you, <laughs> that tells you how far back this was. But um, it was more so because I wanted to get more clients through the door. And I felt like the only way they could trust me is if they could read a blog. And 
see that, oh, she's in the fashion. She knows what she's talking about. She could tell me what to wear. And that turned into me becoming, by accident, a fashion influencer. And um, because Instagram hadn't came out yet, once I got on the Instagram platform, um, I was able to build a pretty credible social media following. And people were following me on Facebook and everything. And eventually, you know, it just got to a point to where it was like, you know, this thing that I was building could actually make it. And do I want to do that? Or do I want to stay an attorney, which I was really good at what I did. And I decided, you know, this fashion life is (laughs) kind of fun. Let me see if I can make this this work. And I I left law. I did law and fashion side by side for about seven years. And I finally left. And when I left, it was great. It was fantastic, but it, it wasn't enough to sustain. And so I had to create other sources of income and really think quickly. And one of the things that was like, well, you know, marketing, look what you've built for yourself, you know, branding, you know, PR, because over the years I got to know a lot of journalists and producers. I did a lot of TV. And so I knew that was one of the several things that small businesses needed Mm -hmm. to know how to do. And so I decided to start Think3 Media to provide those services based off of what I learned. And here we are today, still providing those services, but it has gone beyond just smaller businesses to now we we assist medium scale businesses as well. So that's yeah. my short story. That's super awesome how you've like pivoted at different times in your life and you know you've gotten to where you are today. And uh, especially what you said about, you know, you didn't like you work your full time, you know, attorney job and, you know, working on your fashion for seven years, which is obviously a very difficult thing to do. But for people who are considering, you know, making that transition into working on their startup or business full time, you know, do you have any tips about how to go about making that decision? Because it's really hard for people to decide to quit their job and like invest all their time into their, you know, side project or passion. Um, I mean, that's really a person by person question, you know, like what worked for mm-hmm. me may not work for some. We're all mm-hmm. built differently. I think this journey has taught me that I am made of so much more grit than I thought I probably ever imagined for myself in my entire life. But the journey I took is not anything I would wish on anybody to um, go through. But I think for a lot of people, um, or the media and even some business leaders have made the startup lifestyle and the entrepreneurial lifestyle something that's super sexy, which it can <laughs> be. But you also have to be very realistic. You know, you hear everybody like, I've got to make this my full time gig. I've got to do this full time because, and I've got to struggle because that's what real entrepreneurs do. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, <laughs> I, I wish that when I took the leap, that I had planned a little bit more, that I knew a little bit more about business and clients and finances and accounting. I mean, I had a ton of savings, a ton of retirement built up, but I didn't really have a plan as to like, what's my actual business structure and what is the revenue that's constantly going to come out, come through the door. I was kind of just flying by the seat of my pants, hoping I was just going to keep getting these clients that needed me. Instead of really asking myself, like, you know, what what value am I bringing to the market and how can I build continuous revenue that comes through the door from from what I love to do and my skills and based on what the market needs. 
So yeah, you'll get that itch to leave, but I really think it's on a person by person basis to say, you know, do I really have as many ducks in a row as possible? And then, yeah, at some point you're going to have to leap and all your ducks are not going to be in a row, but try to get it as yeah. close as you can before you're just literally falling down a cliff and having to, you know, build something, you know, on your way down to survive. <laughs> so, so, and, and for most people who's been in it a while, full-time job that pays for everything and then part-time building your startup, startup or your business, you kind of know when it's time for you mm-hmm. to go all in. I think sometimes some people will not go all in based off of fear. And at some point you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to do the damn thing. You're going to have to fail. Uh, failure is like a part of this a hundred percent. And you're not only going to fail once you're going to fail like 50 million times. So you just have to get used to it um, and just go for it. But it's different per person. It definitely is. And that's a really great point where you talk about like getting your ducks in a row and stuff because like many entrepreneurs, like we've talked to and seen and like, like even us for, um, we've like, we've seen that there is like a, you know, people have like a lot of passion and they think their idea is great. And a lot of the ideas out there are, but it's important, I feel like, to know if the market is ready for it and to test the market and see if like, we can actually make money out of it, you know, usually because a lot of businesses are like for profit, like you might want to make a living out of it. Um, you kind of want to test the market before I guess you jump all in and like leave your job or like, you know, just with everything. At least that was my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. They go more off of passion versus the, the realism. So that's why it's important to try to have, a team or some sort of mentors around you that can kind of pull you back mm-hmm. to earth when you're just so, you know, hell bent on your idea or on what you're doing, having people around you that can say, you know what, but have you thought about this, this, and that? And maybe you should save up about, you know, three, three more months worth of rent and paying for your bills and your expenses before <laughs> you, you know, you take that leap. And, but knowing that they're coming. From yeah, you, for yeah. sure. Um, Especially like what you said about accounting and finance. Like I was reading, those are one of some of the tasks that nobody ever imagines that you would have to do as an entrepreneur. You know, people think it's only about, you know, creativity or, you know, leadership, but those are some of the kind of nitty gritty tasks that people really have to learn. So I like what you said about that. And, you know, even marketing and like sales and things like that, that's something a lot of people struggle with, especially, you know, like sales and like customer um, acquisition and stuff. So especially with your background and, you know, growing the fashion side of your, you know, um, business organically and then growing things through media. Do you have any tips about, you know, how startups can start marketing because they don't have the big budgets or the branding or the resources? Well, that's the misnomer is that you have to have this huge budget, which don't get me wrong. If you're trying to just go out there and you're like, you know what, I want to rip the bandaid off and I want to rip it off quick. And yeah, there's businesses that can afford these major marketing budgets to say, I'm going to go all in on advertisements and uh, digital marketing and a big PR campaign. And let's just hurry up because we want to see a return on our investment like right away. And that's fine, but that's not realistic. Um, but the biggest ally that everybody has in their corner right now is the internet. <laughs> and so you just have 
get in there. And if you don't have a budget to pay a company to do it for you, then as most startups and entrepreneurs are doing, you have to do everything yourself. And it's just, you're just not going to get sleep for a while. (laughs) But your biggest ally is the internet. And with email marketing and um, influencers that you can utilize their platforms to social media is huge. LinkedIn is amazing for getting the word out on new ideas and processes. There really isn't an excuse as to why people, if you're doing it consistently and you actually have a plan, um, why you can't come up with something creatively to market what you're doing. It's, it's just, you know, you have everything in your corner and a lot of this is free. Like all the things and opportunities I get from LinkedIn, yeah. I've never paid for. I've never paid for premium. I, and I've get, I get, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 views on some of the things that I'm posting that then turns into somebody messaging me to either do business with Think3 Media or to collaborate in some sort of way. Everybody can do that, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, if there's community leaders or influencers who align with your brand, it takes nothing to send them a direct message to say, hey, I like what you're doing. Here's what I have going on. Can we do a virtual coffee or meetup? Now, I mean, you're going to have a lot that say no. So you're going to have to cast the net very wide. But a lot of people just don't even want to put in that type of work. And this is stuff that you can do for free. For sure. Um, organic leads. Yeah. So exactly. Until you have the budget to have a firm that can put together a plan and then execute it for you so that you can go and work on other things. But again, all of this is everything that everyone has access to. The people that are winning are the ones that are taking it seriously, doing it consistently, and meeting their customer or their audience exactly at the platform or wherever they're Yeah, at. I love that you said that, um, especially, you know, like what you're saying about LinkedIn and like, you know, premium and how you're generating so many, you know, conversations through just posting. I think that's something a lot of people don't realize is like the amount of effort it takes to build something up and build an audience long term and versus like a quick advertising campaign, you know, versus, you know, something organic. And you mentioned, you know, virtual coffees and meetups. So let's talk about the elephant in the room with the situation that we have going on right now. What is the trend that you're seeing in marketing these days? And have you noticed any changes in those patterns? Um, as far as the pandemic is mm-hmm. concerned, um, well, really, the trend, I, I wouldn't even really say it's a trend. Um, what we're seeing right now is a, an upsurge and an uptick in social media views and engagement, which is kind of the obvious, right? Because we have all these shelter in place orders in place. People can't go out. So there's less distractions. You don't have to worry that someone's going to leave work or their physical place of business to then go to happy hour, then to come home and pass out, you know, eat dinner <laughs> with their family and pass out. People are on the internet or on their iPads or on their phones all day. And so content consumption through these digital mediums have gone through the roof. And some of the early reporting that's coming out right now, people are seeing, you know, 20 to 50 percent higher amounts of engagement, myself included. Like when I first saw it, I think on my personal 
for my personal brand, the first week before the shelter in place order went into place, I was like, holy crap, I'm getting 50 shares. I think there was something I posted earlier this week, a video on Facebook that's at 70 shares and almost 1500 views. And I've never in my life, (laughs) even being an influencer, have seen the type of engagement on the types of content that I'm serving to my community at this level. And that's because people are more invested in online content now more so than ever because they can't do anything else. And so for those that are actually paying attention, we've actually doubled and tripled our content production to take advantage of this small window of time. If it's small, we're hoping it's small. So producing more YouTube videos because YouTube is the number two search engine, right? So I'm like, look, if I'm going to do small business advice during COVID, I'm going to jack up my YouTube channel. More Instagram lives and Facebook lives are seeing double the amount of views. Why? People have nothing else better to do but to watch it. (laughs) So that's, if I were going to give any type of startup, small business, even small business leaders advice at this point in time, It's like just produce content, 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 but Mm -hmm. valuable content, not necessarily with a sales focus because people are really Mm -hmm. struggling financially right now. And that would look a little bit, you know, right. And I'm being a jerk, but yeah. And inauthentic at this point in time, but more just serve them with what does your startup do? Like, how are you helping the community? Um, What's your area of expertise? You know, (laughs) Things like that, things that that can empower people right now that are positive, that's inspiring. That's the type of content that's being consumed at astronomical levels right now. And then build brand awareness off of that. And that is what's going to help a lot of businesses once they exit, you know, through the pandemic. Yeah, that's a really good point because right now everybody's feeling kind of stagnated. And especially for like startups and stuff, they feel like there's no moving forward because like you just mentioned, like purchasing power has gone down. People are struggling financially, so they're not going to be like putting money out into businesses. However, um, you know, raising brand awareness and customer engagement is probably like right now, that's a great time to put all mm-hmm. that work in because this is, I think people have to realize is for a short period of time, like even if it's a couple of months, this will go away. And after that, you want to stay connected and engaged with your customer continuously so that once they are out they are willing to purchase and engage more and i'm i'm going to expect that people like want to get out and be out more and <laughs> eat out more and just do all kinds of fun things after this so i think that's important so those are really some great points yeah for sure um yeah being intentional so like if you know you're you're going to produce this type of content and you're going to do a lot out of it there's still things that equate to value and potentially can end up in a sale without an actual sales pitch. So like in posting a bunch on social media or, you know, a YouTube channel, getting people to Mm -hmm. subscribe or telling them to sign up for your email list so that you can send them newsletters throughout the week. That's just as valuable um, than sending somebody to a, shop here, you know, button. So right now, 
funneling them to build your audience and getting more likes and follows and email subscribers and subscribers to YouTube and your podcast is more important um, for brand awareness than it is to get sales. For sure. Um, I like what you said about, about the, you know, building the audience because um, really what we've been thinking about during this time is, you know, how can you best utilize this time to come out the other side, like better, you know, as a person, as a company, you know, stronger in all kinds of senses so that when it does go away, like Vinico was saying, we're all more prepared. Um, and of course, like when you're thinking about content and, so, and all, the theme of our podcast, as we mentioned, is, you know, how startup founders can ideate and brainstorm ideas, you know, decide a course of action and then, you know, actually act and execute upon that. So let's talk about that. You know, what are some ways, Leah, that founders who are listening in right now can generate marketing ideas and actionable steps, you know, two to three items that they can take and implement right after listening to this episode, you know, during these times? Well, if you don't have a, well, for one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, especially when it comes to content marketing and social media marketing is not really understanding where their audience lies. Like who's, who actually needs what you have or what you're going to do and where, what platform are they most likely to get that Mm -hmm. information from? So you can Google generational marketing trends for 2020 and you'll get a lot of reports. And I would say to first step is figuring out, you know, who's your target audience and then figuring out where they're going to be because nothing's worse than a small business wasting their time trying to be everything to everybody on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, Instagram to you know, starting a podcast. And then at the end of the day, you realize, well, my audience, 90% of it is just on Facebook. So why are, why are you wasting your time? So every generational, every generation views marketing and uh, consumer behavior and things like that way different. So I would just familiarize yourself with generational marketing trends. So you can Google that and get a report. And then the second thing I would do is set up an actual social media calendar and get organized on that. Because the most people that are successful in capturing their audience and targeting them on social media are those that are organized and consistent. And so (laughs) you, you have to know once you figure out, okay, generationally, we're going to focus on, let's just say Mm -hmm. Instagram and TikTok, then figure out content wise, okay, what am I producing? this week and next week in order to reach this audience and then stick to it. But during this time, I would say go beyond what you normally would do and double it now because you know everybody's yeah. sitting at home right now. So for myself, I I hate YouTube. I hate being on video, but I'm literally publishing three videos on YouTube oh, wow. a week. And I hate <laughs> right. I can't even describe how much I dislike being on camera, which is very ironic because I do TV and all of that, but I don't like it. But knowing that people are sitting at home and they're watching this, you know, where I'm publishing three videos a week on YouTube and I'm taking the audio from that and I'm publishing it to my podcast three times a week. And that is way more than I produced before this pandemic happened. That's awesome. Yeah. But you got to be organized. And what you said about social media calendar, you know, that's a great tip. And to the audience, um, we just want to say, you know, planning out your social media content 
is really important but you know sometimes it can be frustrating for a lot of people because you feel like you're constantly having to come up with new content or constantly on social media posting so you know for people who are unfamiliar with that um, there are tools you can use to schedule content ahead of time like buffer and hootsuite which you know especially now if you are trying to you know like they are suggesting increase your content you know double it you can schedule it all ahead of time to post at certain times so you're not feeling frustrated and constantly you know logging in checking in and things like that yeah and i would add that you want to be careful with facebook because you know facebook is like it's on monster so if you can you can still pre-schedule on a business page in facebook i would suggest that then doing it through a third-party platform because um you do kind of they at some at one point in time you know they didn't really like people that use third-party platforms to post on facebook and so the views and engagements saw a little bit of a oh okay. a downtick so if you could just directly in facebook where there and there is an option to do it i would choose that and then for like a sprout social hootsuite co-schedule whatever you're using you could do like your Twitter and your mm -hmm. Pinterest Instagram. or whatever you want to do yeah. automatically because you don't get dinged. And for Instagram, for clients, I use later.com. But again, I just use that to plan the grid out to see how things are going to flow for the week or the week after and to write the captions out ahead of time. When it comes to actually posting onto the feed, I do that natively by like just mm -hmm. going into Instagram and then posting it at that. Time. I don't do an auto push from one to the other, just knowing that um, Facebook owns Instagram and, and they don't really like That's that. a great tip. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And um, that's all the time we have for today, but thank you so much Leah, for coming on the show. No, thank you guys. I mean, if you take anything away, it's just, Produce, 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 <laughs> and be super consistent because um, there's a lot of people that aren't taking advantage yeah. of it right now. We can find you on LinkedIn, right, Leah? Yes, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn at the Leah Frazier. And to learn more about our company, you can also visit think3media.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe and share with a fellow entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to Ida, and you can find us at thinkida.com. Until next time. Ideate, decide, act.